Hello, fellow lovers of all things green. I'm Mary Stone, and welcome to Garden Dilemmas, Delights, and Discoveries. It's not only about gardens, it's about nature's inspirations, about grasping the glories of the world around us, gathering what we learn from Mother Nature, and carrying these lessons into our garden of life. So let's jump in in the spirit of learning from each other. We have lots to talk about. Hello there, it's Mary Stone on the screen porch, a very chilly morning. Thank you for joining me, and thanks to those of you that reached back about the beautiful bulb collection that we shared in the last episode. I especially loved hearing from my friend and colleague, Marty Carson, who gives kudos to me, but um, it's really kudos to her and putting together such a lovely lineup. I did get photos of uh, Patty Dole's planting of her... <laughs> A plethora of bulbs using the trench technique. I'm going to actually add that to the column. So if you want to go back to that, I'll put the link again in show notes. So today we have a treat to share, which comes from a visit to a community-supported garden not far from me in Blairstown, New Jersey. I was gifted a visit there, and amongst them came a surprise pawpaw fruit. <laughs> so there's a story behind it I look forward to sharing, and it starts like this. Hello, fellow listeners and readers. What a treat to gather a bi-weekly allotment at Genesis Farm in Blairstown, New Jersey, gifted by a client who's become a friend. Nancy said her friend Lois would be there volunteering as a greeter if I picked up the provisions before too, which I did, and what a treat it was to meet her as well. Lois showed me the system of how much of each treasure to gather, and the area where there was seconds or goodies, not part of the allocations. Amongst them were the fruits of a pawpaw tree, smaller and uglier than usual, <laughs> I'm laughing about uglier, leading to a chat about my friend Elsa, who passed away a few years back. I intended to plant a pawpaw tree in her memory, and have yet to do so. My excuse? Nurseries don't often carry them, which is true. The God incidents that morning was that I revisited the column honoring Elsa to include in the book underway. The column is called Fall is Not Goodbye, and it's archived on AskMaryStone.com. I'll put a link in the show notes. Seeing the pawpaw fruit felt like a sign that Elsa is still with me. Lois said she looked up how to start a pawpaw tree from seed and that they tend to dry out, so starting them can be tricky. She added, perhaps planting the fruit whole would help keep them moist. And it occurs to me that while it's not likely the way experts would suggest doing it, it's how Mother Nature starts some trees from fruit that has fallen to the ground that goes uneaten and just decays into our dear earth. Pawpaw is native to the eastern part of the United States and Canada in zones 5 to 8, and it grows in colonies, creating a beautiful tropical appearance. And since they love humidity, they grow best in moist ground, and that's why you find them along waterways and hillsides. They're fast-growing to about 35 feet. Asemina triloba has other common names, such as custard apple, hillbilly mango, and poor man's banana. Though there's nothing poor about the nutrients it provides, rich in vitamins A and C, magnesium, zinc, iron, and potassium, the name pawpaw is a derivative of papaya, as the fruit has some resemblance. And that's what I remember about Elsa, because she used to love pawpaw fruit. And I have to say, I didn't share the same enthusiasm, but I think I'm going to grow to love it. The berry starts greenish-yellow and turns brownish as it matures to six inches. 
It's the largest fruit indigenous to the United States besides gourds. It has a banana texture but tastes like a combination of pear and banana. Others say it tastes like vanilla custard with a bit of citrus. It's eaten raw or used in baked goods. Stay clear of the seeds, though, as they are considered poisonous. The fruit is not often sold at grocers either, by the way, because of its short shelf life. It's like two or three days they go bad, and um, I think they can last about a week if they're chilled. Which isn't a problem for homeowners, though, because you can freeze the flesh and use it in smoothies or ice cream. Pick them just as they ripen before falling from the tree as they quickly ferment to an astringent taste. So as I was researching about starting pawpaw trees, I learned that the best way is probably from root cuttings or transplanting transplants that you buy in a nursery that are grafted. I heard that um, taking cuttings from wild trees often don't end up with fruit. So there you go. But since I have seeds, let's just try it, right? Seeds need 60 to 100 days of cold and moist stratification, which you can do in a Ziploc bag with damp shagnum moss not wet, kept at a 32 to 40 degree fridge. But I plan to let nature do her thing. If you remove the seeds from ripened fruit and then wash and plant them immediately in the ground in the fall, they'll likely germinate and sprout shoots in the following summer. Or maybe I should plant the fruit as Lois suggested and see what comes of it. Or maybe I'll just do a bit of each. What do you think? I have three ugly fruits after all. I'm describing them as ugly... And that's not really true. I see the beauty within the decaying fruit that looks like a deep brown withering potato with the magic of seeds within. We spoke about the promise of seeds way back in episode 11. I invite you to go tune into that if you haven't done so already. It's one of my favorites, the promise of seeds. The little seedling won't set fruit for five to eight years, but that's okay. It's the tree that I'm excited to have. Young seedlings are sensitive to direct sunlight in the first year or two, After that, they prefer at least six hours of sun each day, and so it's often a problem when you're starting your plants because uh, you could lose them if they have too much sun. So I'm going to plant mine in pots and heal them in, which means dig the pot in the soil so that they don't freeze over the winter. They're fussy about being transplanted, so I'll use large containers, giving them plenty of room to grow before I plant them in a sunny spot. Notice I say them. I have a feeling Elsa will help several seeds to sprout. They say the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago, and planting seeds may be the same thing, but I think the best time is when they come to you. Thank you for the gift. Garden Dilemmas? AskMaryStone.com So I've written more about pawpaw trees in a previous story titled, What's a Pawpaw? It's on the Garden Dilemmas website, and I will, of course, put a link in the show notes, but I have to give you a spoiler alert. (laughs) There's photos of the fruit and the unusual flowers. They're purplish maroon flowers that come in early to mid-May in this neck of the woods, come just before the leaves emerge, or at about the same time. Some say the flowers smell like rotten meat, hopefully, only when you stick your nose in it. Besides, they can't be that bad as butterflies adore them. And the other cool thing about the flowers is that they're not self-pollinating, which means the flowers are self-incompatible, Fruit sets only when there is more than one tree nearby, so hopefully more than one seed will sprout within 15 feet of the first tree to encourage cross-pollination and fruit. But as I said, I'm not growing it for the fruit. Their foliage is beefy, much like the favored bottlebrush buckeye, which is my Aesculus parva flora we've spoken about. 
with large finger-like leaves that fan out from the center. They turn brilliant yellow in the fall and, drum roll please, pawpaw trees are A in deer resistance per Rutgers University, just like the bottlebrush buckeye. I love the idea of adding a few pawpaws right next to my buckeyes, though I've heard our resident raccoon may beat us to the fruit. That's okay. I'll share a few pawpaws with the furry four-pawed fellows. <laughs> that was the tidbits from the other story. And I'm giggling because I'm absolutely sure there'll be more than one tree sprouted from the magical seeds that were gifted to me, my ugly little pawpaw fruits that I find such beauty in. So I have to share another little bit that was part of the written column, which I ended with a request for those of you that can help me. I'm looking to find a handful of helpers to preview some of the work underway for the book that I am working on called Lesson of the Leaf. It would be such an honor for a few of you to step up and help me just grow this thing. And um, my goal is to share the wisdoms that we've learned together as we've shared these stories and, and to help others realize the comfort and the growth and the healing that occurs by digging into our dear earth and observing the beauty of nature and those wonderful gifts that show up in our lives. So you could email me at askmarystone at gmail.com. It would mean so much, as does your visit each week with me on the screen porch. I so appreciate our time together and enjoy it very much. I hope you have as well. And if so, share the podcast with a friend or two so more can join us in learning and growing in the garden of life. Thanks so much. Have a great day. You can follow Garden Dilemmas on Facebook or online at GardenDilemmas.com and on Instagram at hashtag Mary Elaine Stone. Garden Dilemmas, Delights, and Discoveries is produced by Alex Bartling. Thanks for coming by. I look forward to chatting again from my screen porch. And always remember to embrace the unexpected in this garden of life. Have a great day. Thank you.